0: It's also one for the athletes and it's one for the managers and one for the employees. Today, defining feedback, where it sits in your performance culture. Today is just one part of a series of shows that we're gonna do surrounding feedback. And we're gonna be delivering these over the coming weeks. I'm going on a mission to redefine your relationship with providing and receiving feedback. And it's such a meaty topic and it's not one that I believe we can effectively tackle in a single show. So instead, we're gonna go piece by piece and build the puzzle. Today, we're gonna place feedback in context. We're also gonna define what effective feedback is. And with this grounding, we're gonna equip you to move to the applied phase over the course of the coming weeks. But before we dive into the key topic of feedback, we've got a couple of things to do first. The first of those is the Squaddy Update, A new weekly segment of the show where we give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of the Purple Patch Squad. Two things to talk about this week. The first, a big welcome. We had a lovely influx of performance chasers last week on the back of our post-season show where we outline the critical nature of this phase of training, the preparatory nature, lots of freedom, but a little bit of backbone of structure and framework to enable that freedom to be effective. So I wanted to give a massive welcome to the newcomers. I applaud you on your timing as we transition over the coming couple of weeks to that platform of technical development skills and that critical preparatory work that enables both freedom and life to exist, but also enables you to move forward and optimize readiness for the coming season. So my personal message to you guys, the new squaddies, is be patient, take your time, and just because you're excited and in the door, please don't seek to impress with performance. We're not looking for you to drive up fitness gains and we're not looking for you to shine. Instead, soak up like a sponge, learn the process. We've got a long and fun journey ahead. Stay sane, keep it flexible, and keep it fun. With that in mind, the second part, is we have to realise that post-season as a phase isn't just about skills, technical development, free training and preparation. It represents for us a heavy emphasis on education. Last week, we mapped the focus over the coming weeks of the new year. What are we going to guide our education on? And I wanted to give you guys listening at home a snapshot of the education that's aligned with squat. This is internal education only for squad members. Video calls with myself and the rest of the Purple Patch coaching team. So here are the subjects. Number one, the mature athlete. Altitude living and training. Strength training for the time-starved endurance athlete. Post-season Q&A with myself and Matt Dixon once again. Critical elements of swim technique. Running shoe choice, running technique. Fitness and training in the holidays. Shall I go on? Oh, go on then, you say. Sensible route for body composition. Supplements. Okay, 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 I've had enough. No more. All right, I'll stop. You get it. Newbies, immerse yourself. These are just the video calls, but as you can guess, we take our education seriously. So, if you want to join the ride, folks, if you're interested... I would urge you, especially as you start to finish your seasons, this is the time. A couple of weeks of tougher training ahead to support the Kona kiddies, and then it is full immersion into the technical aspect of training. Let us know. We're here to help. No pressure. But now we are to that point of the show. No sign-ups necessary for this segment. Put on your levis shorts, your fresh loafers, bare-chested suspenders. Now you're ready. Let's dance. It's Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wink. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dixonary Word of the Week. Yes, the Word of the Week, and this week, it's a phrase. It should be the Phrase of the Week, shouldn't it? The collective wins. Today's Word of the Week acts as a teaser for next week's show. You see, at the end of last year, Purple Patch Pro Sarah Piampiano was tired, mentally and physically. Edging toward the end of her career, she'd had a good season, but one that was a fight every step of the way. Where to next? A crossroads. Was it time to retire? At the same time, join new Purple Patch Pro Chelsea Sodaro an obvious talent, and an athlete that, many would assume, would provide a great performance threat to Sarah. Chelsea was, and is, talented. She was also new to the sport and had a tremendous amount to learn. Both athletes based in San Francisco, and the common stereotype would lead many to assume that the environment was ripe for conflict, jealousy, challenge. The collective wins. Sarah and Chelsea display the power of teamwork. Instead of going to combat, they leaned into each other. Sarah did everything in her power to support, help, and guide Chelsea in the journey of professional triathlon. Chelsea embraced the lessons and support, and in return, aimed to support Sarah on her journey in her defining season. The result, a whole new Sarah. Invigorated, joyous, and the key word, fun. The injection of leadership and mentorship with a partner in training provided to invigorate. Excitement is infectious and it provided that platform of fun into the equation. What happened? From threat to support and the freedom opened up to provide the best performances of Sarah's career so far. Chelsea? Well, it's a little obvious. She won Augusta 70.3 this weekend, the third win from four Ironman 70.3s, fourth place at the Ironman 70.3 World Championships at the first time of trying. To see them go 1-2 at Augusta 70.3 was nice, but it was more meaningful for that. And so on next week's show, we're gonna dig in and peel back the curtain on this relationship and draw the lessons for athletes and team members in all areas. But for now, we'll make do with this. The collective wins every time. And that is why the word of the week this week is the collective wins. Now, let me tell you where you went wrong, eh? Let me give you some feedback. Yes, it is time for the meat and potatoes. What did you do? That was a terrible presentation and your style isn't good. Quite frankly, you bored me and I cannot imagine how the others felt. You've got to improve. Effective feedback? I don't think so. You're not doing it right. Your arm's crossing in front of your swim stroke. You need to change that or you're going to get injured. Effective feedback? I don't think so. Feedback can and should be a gift. It should be something to cherish and to seek, something that should be given with a mission to facilitate growth and improvement. But despite this, quite rightfully, many are scared of feedback and understandably so. Today, we wanna dispel some of the myths of feedback and we want to place it in a performance culture that enables your feedback to be effective. And so, without further ado, let's get cracking on the big subject of feedback. Step one on our series that we're gonna sprinkle over the coming weeks of the show. Let me ask you this. Have you ever sat waiting for a performance review with trepidation? Have you ever sought to hide from coaches' words in the assumption that the words will simply be pointing out where you went wrong? Most of us have. In many cases, The fear of feedback is justified because of the way it's given. Managers who are critics and not coaches, who tell learners what was bad and never what was good, and who add in irrelevances that are critical but impossible to correct, such as, if only you were taller, Bob, or to an athlete, if your legs were longer, you would generate more power. Of course, the most dangerous example, if you were lighter, you'd run faster. Fear of feedback hurts the learner. It also hurts the business and you. And as a performance coach or manager, your greatest responsibility is to provide feedback that firstly relates to a performance plan and ties it to its mission so that it's actually relevant. And secondly, can be listened to and acted upon from which the learner is genuinely grateful. We have to learn to love feedback. It is the single greatest performance gift. And so today, we must begin to redefine our relationship with feedback, how we provide it and how we receive it. But to take the lessons of the day and convert to the actionable, there is more. To appreciate feedback, we must investigate where it fits in a performance culture or system of performance, as this is the only way that we can appreciate the positive feedback or effective feedback. But is also the route for the feedback to be able to be received and acted upon in an equally positive light. To appreciate feedback, we must understand where it sits within the cycle of effective coaching or management. To represent this, let me peel back a little bit of the curtain behind the Purple Patch Pro Squad and the culture that we develop. Let's talk about Chelsea Sedaro. So Chelsea arrived to Purple Patch 12 months ago. She was fresh in the sport of triathlon, but a highly experienced ex-professional runner. She arrived from a combative environment where the culture was marinated in negativity. Feedback was feared, as it was delivered in a way that made Chelsea feel like she was simply messing up. She wasn't good enough. Every step she took was potentially the wrong step. Pass-fail, nothing more. Now, Chelsea was an obvious talent and clearly holds a bright future. And her first season has already delivered three wins in Ironman 70.3, a fourth place at the 70.3 World Championships. But it's still inescapable that on her path to performance, Chelsea is going and was going to have mishaps. She would make mistakes. She would need to learn from failure because guess what? That's a part of sport. Oh, and I should add, also of course, a part of life. And so beginning the journey I quickly realized that establishing feedback as the backbone of her development and our coaching relationship, and in doing so, shifting her relationship from negative to a positive as it relates to feedback was absolutely key. So stop a second. Think about what I said there. Here is a talented athlete with great potential, and I told you that a critical part of her growth wasn't fixing a swim stroke or working on boosting her riding power, but redefining her relationship with feedback as a concept. It's not just how I gave it, but just as important, how Chelsea viewed it. Now, the start of her journey has been undeniably positive, And I give the feedback loop and a whole bunch of her grit, determination and hard work much of the credit. So what I want to do is outline the how and where feedback sits within our performance culture because it is only with this context that you can even begin to consider delivering and receiving effective feedback. So we tend to set up an ongoing cycle or rhythm. You can think about it like an infinity diagram, but we start up these cycles, of doing with our team and with the Purple Patch Squad. Repeating cycles set up in an ongoing path to improvement and mission. And feedback fits into this cycle. And, and, and this is important. It is critical that we don't place feedback in isolation. It has to be embedded into the fabric of what we are doing. So we need to break this down because we can't have feedback exist in isolation. So let's outline, and don't worry, if you don't remember all of these steps, we're gonna break this model apart in depth over the coming months. But first, let's place feedback within our performance culture, and we'll continue to use our pro squad as the example. There has to be a start, even though this is cyclical. So let's begin, unsurprisingly, at the beginning. Step one of the cycle is always what we label North Star Mission. Whether starting to work with an athlete or plotting the season ahead, it's critical that coach and athlete or manager and team member align on the focus and mission ahead. Namely, what are we aiming to accomplish? And so often this is delivered by, what do you wanna achieve this year? And then the coach just simply saying, this is how we're gonna do it. But it has to be more than that, and it sounds so basic, and yet so many gloss over this or rush the process. This goes well beyond goals or choosing races. It goes well beyond the quarterly revenue targets. In an athlete sense, this would include defining the vision, establishing the short-term goals that step stone towards that mission, and the most critical, and the part that is forgotten, ensuring that you have athlete or team member understanding and buy-in. Alignment is everything. And in many ways, this phase, this step, serves as the backbone of the coaching relationship. It is the contract and the glue of togetherness. With this established, you can transition seamlessly to step two setting the path. It is only once we are aligned on mission that we can effectively roadmap or set the path. And unsurprisingly, it goes well beyond a roadmap. We identify within this phase, establishing role and intentional focus. Good phrases, those, establish the role and provide intentional focus. The world of athletics improvement is complex and confusing. And the coach's job is to identify the things that should establish focus. So we include here identifying and removing roadblocks that impede progression. We want to set the path to progression. We focus on critical skill development. Coming back to Chelsea, in her case this year, it was about improving descending as we knew that the world championships had a 20-kilometer descent in it. Lo and behold, she evolved from a weak descender to being one of the fastest down the hill in that race in Nice. No accident there, folks. And the final component is establishing role. What do you, the athlete, need to focus on? There are 30 possible things but agreeing and establishing the three to five things, nail the basics, remember that, the three to five things that will move the performance needle in this upcoming seasonal block, the meaningful movers, hence intentional focus. Now pause, realize something here. Without these first two steps, establishing the mission and setting the path, and without alignment and understanding, and tying in feedback is impossible to be delivered and tied back to mission it cannot be effectively acted upon within the context of the coach athlete relationship or the contract it cannot happen and so these first two steps are so critical to bound and develop the effectiveness of feedback and way too many coaches and managers simply skip over or rush these first two steps. The reason is it's hard. It takes time. It takes buying and it takes education. But the headline news, it's worth it. In the long term, it makes your job easier. Without it, it leads to confusion and a breaking of the coach-athlete or manager-team member relationship. But you, as you are a rocking coach or manager, you've nailed these first two steps. So now, with this backbone, you get to coach. We transition to step three, and we call this from potential to performance. This is where it ceases being mythical and thoughtful, and it's the doing As we say, the rubber hits the road. The heavy lifting of performance occurs in this phase and the coach's role is to course correct. That's a wonderful phrase around feedback, course correct. The coach's role is to course correct, adapt and also hold the athlete or team member to account. And the athlete or team member must execute and be a sponge to positive and meaningful feedback. Ladies and gents, the rubber hits the road. This step in the cycle is where we execute on the habits that create meaningful results. The coach gets to set the environment that enables the athlete or team member to thrive. And the effectiveness of the doing is elevated, and here it is, with effective feedback. And with this in action, the doing, the accountability, the consistent course correction to keep us on track towards that mission and our goals and ensuring that the athlete continues to focus on the actual steps, we achieve success. Now, within this action, we meet step four. And the final step in the phase is to inspire to grow even more or what we call re-engagement. You see, when the time is right, the coach athlete or the manager team member must get in their little helicopter. They must come up and they must seek perspective. They must take stock, perform a post-mortem, learn, and most importantly, re-engage for the next chapter. And it is startling how few do this. Most miss. But just cycling through this cycle once, establishing mission, making sure you set the path, you cannot expect a lifelong great athlete or team member. It's folly. Things change, people change. What was important before and joyous previously might shift. And so you must come up a level. That word, perspective, it's important. It's a critical step to lead us right back into the cycle and begin to define the next step of the mission or the next mission. And so it goes on and on and on and on, cycle and cycles. And the truth is that athletes or team members are nearly always going to have to go through many cycles of this phase as they progress along their performance journey. And so back to feedback. You remember the Chelsea story? All feedback to Chelsea could only be effective providing we nailed those initial two steps. It could only be meaningful to Chelsea with the context and alignment in path. And so let's dig in to the framework of feedback a little bit. Let's talk about what effective feedback is. I think we need to define effective feedback. And for me, it is an open dialogue every day or when appropriate. It is driven through guidance and encouragement. It is giving and it is receiving and it is genuine and with positive intent. Positive intent, that's crucial. The behavior that you observe as the coach or manager might not be credit worthy, but you must assume, we must assume that the performer was trying to get it right when she got it wrong. Effective feedback is not rule enforcement, disciplinary action, an opportunity to vent your emotions or telling people where they went wrong. I view feedback as a gift and it's the gift that can help the performer get back on track and when it encourages and develops further good performance. But we should recognize one thing to close out the day we must understand that feedback is based on trust. It must fit into a culture and the coaching relationship with the squad. And as a coach or leader, you must consistently apply it across the team. And therefore, it can never, ever, ever be a tool of shaming or a tool of abuse unless it comes wrapped up in the curses of my English humor. Then, well, I can say whatever I damn like. But right there, we need to take a breather. That's where we end this show. Now, it's your turn. Remember I define feedback as a gift? I need you to give me feedback via Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy this show and you find the education useful, we really appreciate it if you could post a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show more easily. And of course, feel free to share the show with your friends as well. It does have a meaningful impact. And remember, if we get up to a thousand reviews, I am going to do something very, very silly, I'm sure. We've had several ideas already on our little competition. I can't believe I got talked into doing this, but so far, One of the ideas includes me in Speedos and a tram in San Francisco. Do I need to say more? Does it spark your imagination? Go wild, we'll film it, we'll post it. I will be shamed. But coming back to the subject at hand this week, I intend to dig deeper here as we explore the concept of feedback in the coming months. Good feedback, what constitutes poor feedback, how to give it, how to receive it. There is a lot to unpack. In part two of this series, we're gonna take the next steps, outlining the best methods and ways to provide feedback in a really meaningful and effective way. But until next time, I'm excited for next week's show. Chelsea, Sarah, teamwork, we are the collective. I hope that helps for framing today, gang, a nice, short bullet around feedback. The next steps come in the coming shows. Until then, take care.